Welcome to our podcast, Hey David, where Grandpa Rod talks about life and attitudes, hope and success. Each week, he raises a new topic for David to consider. We hope it speaks to you too. We also hope you'll invite your friends to listen and that you'll share your comments with us. Here is Rod with today's topic. Hi, I'm Rod MacArthur, David's grandpa and narrator of the Hey David podcast. Thanks for listening. I want David to have the best grandfatherly counsel I can give. It could be that you'll gain some light pointers too. Welcome. Today, I'm going to talk with David about bullying and its corrosive malignance. It damages everyone involved, even the bully. Don't be like him. Rise above. Hey, David, it's Grandpa. I've been thinking about bullying and bullies. There's a lot of aggressive, in-your-face activity in our current culture. It reminds me of my school days. I'm going to let you in on my middle school secret pretty soon. But first, don't you wonder why there are bullies? I guess for some people, being a bully is just part of navigating the turbulence of adolescence. Rather than being pushed around by their peers, they choose to do the pushing instead. I suspect most school bullies age out of it as soon as they grow up. But not all of them. Maybe they've been abused at home, and bullying is their way of coping. Too many parents, fathers especially, who do not know how to love their children try to bully them into compliance. This bullying can take the form of verbal abuse or physical abuse, even sexual abuse. The essence of bullying is a person in a position of power domineering those over whom he exercises the power. My heart bleeds for young kids who suffer at the hands of their father. My cousin Beth was grossly abused by her stepfather. It really messed with her life and her self-image. Maybe the other children in the family were also abused. I, I don't know. Beth and I were the same age. He killed them all in a boating accident in Puget Sound in 1961, when she was almost 14. It haunts me still. I don't know, but I suspect he did it on purpose as a family annihilator, but that's just a guess. There's untold horror in the lives of abused children. That horror is like a double-edged sword to me. On the one hand, I have great sympathy and compassion for the trauma that made them who they are. On the other hand, I hate who they became, like the abuser who abused them. There's only one answer. That answer is love. To learn what it means to love them and then to show it to them. Maybe a bully has been neglected at home and feels the need to be noticed. Maybe they're just self-centered and greedy. I suspect there are many underlying causes which show up as bullying in school-aged teens. A 2019 survey showed that nationwide about 22% of students between the ages of 12 and 18 experienced bullying to some degree. 
What were your experiences in school? You don't have to answer that. Just reflect on it and recall. Instead, let me tell you about me. David, you might find this hard to grasp, but in school, I was the sometimes target of a handful of alpha male wannabes. There were two or three guys in junior high and then fewer in high school that seemed to take pleasure in making my life edgy. I suppose they were counting coup on me. The truth is, it might be because of them that I decided to turn out for cross-country. You see, we rode the same bus. In fact, we got off at the same stop. I always sat closer to the door than they did. This assured that as first one off the bus, I could make a break from a house. It seemed like a long distance at the time, but it was probably no more than a quarter mile. I got a lot of real-life running experience. You might call it, where the rubber met the road. I wore Converse sneakers. I've often wondered about those young punks who enjoyed tormenting me. How it turned out for them as they got on in their life. I'm not bitter, just maybe a bit curious and somewhat sad for them. Did they develop better people skills? I hope so. Or did they continue to try to feel good about themselves by stepping on other people? Doesn't that describe a bully? One who steps on other people to get a fleeting feeling of elevation. The sadness of bullying is not just the immediate cruelty of it, but the long-term impact it has on lives. True, in the short term, a bully can inflict a ton of psychological, social, or physical trauma. As he goes about his heavy-handed hard-heartedness, the bully may feel some sense of euphoria or superiority, but it's always short-lived. The short-term impact of bullying, both on the bully and on the one who was bullied, might be minimized by the fact that it is temporary, but not always. Often, bullying is not short-term, but sometimes into adulthood. Repeated acts of aggression begin to work on the self-worth of both the bully and the victim. Long-term damage sets in. Feelings of inadequacy, despondency, loneliness, even depression haunt the hearts of the bully's target. Performance and participation at school or work take a downward dive. Sadly, teen suicide is a too common result of persistent bullying. It ought never happen. In rare cases, the victim retaliates in violent, destructive ways. None of these negative outcomes produce a happy life. Bullying does deep damage and absolutely no good. The bully hurts himself, too. Developing immensely poor social skills, he cripples himself as he takes his place in society. Being haunted by the memory of mean and hostile aggression will be hard to shake. He'll have difficulty forgiving himself, but even graver difficulty living with the guilt. No, the bully faces a grim future until he gets hold of his heart. Unless he does, his aggressive attitudes and behavior will follow him into adulthood. I mentioned people skills or social skills. 
Bullying clearly illustrates either a lack of skill at dealing with people or a lack of care for people. That's what I want to talk about, really. How you see and treat people. Are they objects of one's self-promotion? Or are they subjects of one's compassion? It's a telling difference, the way you view people around you, even the ones that are aggressive and obnoxious. As you know, David, Zig Ziglar was my favorite motivational speaker. May he rest in peace. He once told a story about a mom who went to work and caught some flack from her boss, who was already irritated. Bad traffic. She took his bad temper for a mistake someone else made. She was so upset and on edge from this that when she got home, she scolded her son for leaving his room in a mess. Turns out he had just finished his homework and was about to clean it up, that is his room, when she accosted him. As he soaked off to bed, clearly aggravated by his mother's unfairness, he saw the family cat in the hall and gave it a swift kick. That poor cat had done nothing except get in the boy's way. This entire string of events started with the boss being unreasonable and ended up with the boy kicking the cat. So the question is, who's kicking your cat? That boy would never have kicked the cat had mom not scolded him. She wouldn't have scolded him if she hadn't been in such a foul mood. She wouldn't have been in a foul mood if the boss hadn't read her the riot act. He would not have been so testy with her had the traffic been better. So maybe we can say the boss kicked the cat. The truth is, when we let another person's agitation get us agitated, well, we just don't behave properly or well. I'm talking about responding differently to any and all aggressive behavior around us. We don't have to amplify it or pass it on. We can treat it differently. You've heard the phrase, the buck stops here. Think about it with me. If I'm the kind of person who's trying to get ahead at the expense of other people, I won't have any trouble pushing them around, putting them down, or in any other way taking advantage of them. I will be a bully. But if I care about the well-being and progress of other people, I will take note of their behavior that is counterproductive to their well-being. Then I have choices. I can choose to get upset when they treat me wrong, or I can choose to be understanding and forgiving. The chain of bad behavior will be broken when I choose to respond counterintuitively, when I choose to give grace rather than get even. We live in a culture where aggressive behavior is hailed as the way to get ahead. This is bullying 2.0, the adult version. You'll meet them people who push their agenda onto others or shove their way into better positions on the job, pushing and shoving, both literally and figuratively, ain't the way to effectively advance. Any ground taken by aggressive intimidation or force is an easy target for others with the same selfish sense of success. They used to call this the rat race. I don't know what they call it now. Maybe it's still called the rat race. All I know is that if you treat people like this, 
You're the rat that is racing. You ain't no rat, David. So find different ways to take your place in adult society and affirm your effectiveness. Remember the wise words of Jesus. We call it the golden rule. Treat other people the way you want to be treated. That's simple, powerful, and effective. It will take a big heart to do that. Often, aggressive, intimidating behavior has its roots in insecurity or blatant selfishness. Compassion for their insecurity and understanding generates a kind and effective way of neutralizing their aggression. I say, respond to the bully with understanding, grace, and forgiveness. Be the better person. There is no sense and no use in letting their behavior pull you down. There's no sense for both of you to waller in the muck of ugly self-assertion. If it's ugly, blatant selfishness, and you find that gracious behavior just makes you a punching bag, as it were, get out of there. Avoidance is an acceptable way of distancing yourself from their bad behavior and its influence. Again, don't let their ugliness draw you into the muck of responding in kind. You see, the bully will probably say or do something obnoxious or irritating, maybe even hurtful. You have two choices. Choice one is the option to stand for your rights. When you take that option, you get into the muck and wallow around with him in it. Choice two is to stand for what is right without regard to his aggression. You know this to be true. The way you treat other people reflects who you are, not who they are. You might be tempted to say, they deserve it, or they had it coming to them. You might even deceive yourself and say, if I don't stand up for my rights, they'll take advantage of me. Even if they try to take advantage, these tempting statements drag you down to their level. Instead, it's better to take the high ground and refuse to retaliate or even to defend. Just be kind. Let the person you want to be come from deep within. Let it be filled with kindness, graciousness, tolerance, and even forgiveness. You can't stop people from bullying or intimidating or from their aggressive self-assertion. You can't stop that. But, and here's the beautiful part, you can stop it from distorting you. You know who you are. You know your values. You know how to be effective at relating to people. That means you know how to live above the ugliness of life. That makes me happy. I love you, David. If you or anyone you know is being bullied or abused, call or text 988. You can also go to stopbullying.gov for extensive information. Thanks for listening. If you got something worth holding on to from this blurb, come back next Monday. Next week, I want to talk with David about the blessing of obstacles. Do they stop me, slow me down, or show me a better way? See you next week. Thank you for listening to Hey David. 
If you have thoughts, comments, or questions, please send them to rod underscore MacArthur at comcast.net. Rod will get back to you. Also, check out the church's website, www.churchofauburnwa.com. You'll discover a ton of information. You may especially enjoy the page Blurbs from Rod. Until Until next next Monday, Monday, have have a joy-filled week. week.